0: Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us?
1: good evening everybody and welcome to for the love of pomegranate podcast neil and patty back again i was going to do a piss take and start pretending that my internet was all messed up again uh, there at the start, but uh, I just didn't have the staying power for it to be honest with you.
0: Over there um, not, Neil, I, couldn't, <laughs> uh, I couldn't deal with it again. <laughs> well,
1: put it this way I don't have a steering wheel in front of me this time, Patty. So, uh, <laughs> at least that at least I'm, I'm stationary this time, so there is yeah. that. Uh, but I do apologize and thanks a million, Patty, for uh, taking the reins and running with it on Saturday. Uh, I was uh, obviously, I was in the car, but uh, 5G, we need we, we badly need 5G. I thought the I thought the double vaccine would give me five G. That's the they told me on the internet, but no, it didn't. And uh, looks like and we're going to have to continue to wait for it to spread uh, through the rest of the country. But um, less said about that, the better. What came after it was the main thing, Patty, and that's what we heard to yeah. talk about. We're not was like
0: viewers. If, if you drop off tonight, bearing in mind I'm in the midst of a two day hangover, I'm just going to pull the plug is that fair enough
1: yeah that's that's <laughs> fine by me that's fine by me we'll send out i have a few slides ready to go on the tactics talk tonight we'll just send it out to the lads and, every, <laughs> and we'll send it out to everybody watch it. you can you can watch uh you're uh, after that and make up your own Excellent. mind uh, i won't be dropping off tonight i don't have a dropping off no the internet in my house is actually pretty decent um so can't complain about that uh patty the lone ranger says true magpie i'm, just, <laughs> I'm picturing you all right as the lone ranger there and for sure um but as i said it was we're not here to talk about team sheet tantrum we're here to talk about what happened after it and boy what happened after it was definitely something i think we can all get behind uh for sure um I suppose big thing. Like I, I didn't really get to give my my kind of reaction to the to the formation, and I was bloody delighted with the three five two again. Uh, there's so many benefits to it, um, and look, it's it, it suits the players that we have, and I think that look, we've got to get to a situation where boy, you got to got to got to play to hand your desk, you know, and 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 to 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 kind of use what you have, you know, and I think Dean Smith is doing that, and he's getting the best out of it. Will we see it tomorrow night against Chelsea? Who knows? We might, we might see someone like Nemanja Bogard in there in the back three with House and and To and But 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 who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting tomorrow night either way. But this has given us a real impetus. And we, when we go to look at um, some of the key points in the game, and we so, sorry when we talk about some of the key points of the game. When we look at maybe some of the statistics as well, this new this new formation is really really suiting the players that we have. And uh, if you don't like this new formation, then. I, I, I'm shoot. not sure you're going to like any formation because we aren't going to play 4-4-2. We're not yep. going to play 4-4-2 as, as much as people want. So um, that's just the way not I, I
0: don't envisage business are going to change it on Wednesday either. For the simple reason, it's going to give Courtney House 90 minutes to play in that position. Yeah. Ahead of Saturday because two and Zabie will be ineligible to play against his parent club. Yes. So Courtney House will need to be able to step into that position and possibly play in the the Ming's position of the back three. So that's my prediction for Wednesday night. But we're not here to talk about Wednesday night just yet. We might do at the end. No, no, no,
1: we will at the end. Yeah,
0: wallow in 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 the greatness of uh, Saturday night.
1: Saturday was and Saturday was very good. and I'm going to kind of very quickly kind of, I suppose, I'm not going to skip over the first half because, you know, us we can't keep anything linear at all in this podcast. We go from back and forth and we talk about whatever comes into our minds because we've got no real, uh, no real kind of rundown sheet or anything here. But uh, look, the first half was was tentative. I think it was fe- I think both sides were feeling each other out. Everything had one or two chances They had a Rondon chance whereby he just poked it wide and then had a chance a small chance from a corner that came after that again but apart from that Villa really kind of had the lion's share of possession in the first half uh used the ball well well um had had chances from from set pieces specifically Ming's header where McGinn got the got the belt in the head and uh you know we had another chance then from a absolutely audacious uh danny ing's banana shot that we're going to look at we're going to look at both of those instances actually a lot of the stuff that we're going to look at from a tactics point of view comes from the first half because it was so feely out of each other if that if that even makes sense um and we're going to take a look at some of those as well because look the second half kind of speaks for itself we set the tone early with matty cash figuring out that his left foot was for kicking as opposed to standing and uh and then of course a certain Jamaican uh, Jamaican superstar comes off the bench and brightens up the day, I think, for everybody. But um, talk to me, Paddy, I suppose. Talk to me about... Uh, let's just hit the nail straight on the head, give everyone what they want to hear. Talk to me about Leon Bailey. Leon Patrick Bailey, actually,
0: I think his name is. So, maybe is really? they named him after you. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm just... I, I'm, uh, I'm glowing. I, I'd seen him for... Those 20-odd minutes that he was on the pitch, I thought he was absolutely magnificent. He played without fear, hesitation, or regard for anybody else in front of him. I just thought he was magnificent. I will say I'm a little bit worried about these injuries he's picking up. He hasn't had them in the past. I hope he doesn't make a habit of it because we need to be able to call on him all of the time. He is going to be our talisman going forward. He is the type of player that will unlock the likes of Man U, Man City, if we're going to go and get three points for a change against these teams. So I hope he stays fit. I hope it's just the precaution that he came off. He said it was, but boy, God, can the boy play. He's got so much in his armory. He he obviously has a set piece, as we saw. He's got a rocket of a shot, and boy, God, has he got pace.
1: Yeah, he, he kind of alluded to it afterwards. And and uh, where was it? One of the guys mentioned it there. John Steele just mentioned it a moment ago. It's great to have a character with a bit of swagger and arrogance. Um, I agree because I think it was the fact that he realised, hey, listen, we're three 0 up. We aren't losing this game. It's eighty whatever minute. He said that he he felt a small twinge in his in his quad or in his hamstring. Can't remember which one it was. He said when he was blasting the ball past Begovic. I'm okay with him coming off. If he thinks that's the case. We were treating it up. Um, it actually, to me, to me, it kind of shows a sign of maturity. Um, it's something that I wouldn't yeah. have really expected going on what we've heard about Bailey previously. Not that there was anything wrong with him or anything like that, but sometimes he was a bit of a, um, you know... It, I will I put this? That basically Peter Bosch asked an off a lot of him at Leverkusen. And uh sometimes maybe he was he would question why he had to do certain things, not in a negative way or anything like that, but uh he was basically he was being played at wing back and wing back didn't suit him. That was basically yeah. it. But uh no, I hope he's okay. I think he will be okay. I think he'll be there against United. Don't think he'll start against United, but I think he'll be there thereabouts. I made my prediction in the pre match that we might see him start up front. And hey. Maybe he just wanted to give me what I thought he would have given us from the start when he came on because uh, I thought his pace would have caused that back three for that, uh, or that well, it would actually turn out to be a back four that Everton played. And and may I say that I did get something wrong, though. I thought that Ben Godfrey would be um would be their ace in the pack in in, in that back line. My God, they, we targeted him with every single ball on the ground. We targeted him, targeted him, targeted him, and he was dog at the weekend. was he was awful and uh so hold my hands up and that one completely got that one wrong but uh listen it'll be it'll be all right uh if uh, if i keep on saying that people are going to be good and they turn out to be crap well then i'll take that every day of the week but um yeah listen leon bailey what 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 a a lightning rod for us to be able to bring in there um let's go right back to the start again so Patty because i said we don't do anything linear here um Emiliano, Mart- Emiliano Martinez, man after my own heart. Only got back home at 2 o'clock in the morning and goes out and plays a match the next day. I was a big fan of doing mm-hmm. that, except I probably had about 20 points the night before when I was <laughs> doing that. But uh, <laughs> he, he got in at 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know
0: what the fuss is over. I did, I did that for like... 10 years, yeah. But the only difference was you you played at
1: 11 o'clock in the morning, he he had to wait till half five, yeah. Well, then, so I, yeah, so essentially, maybe maybe it was performance enhancing, but I, uh, maybe the amount of point, the of alcohol is still in my system at that stage, but uh, uh, <laughs> no, but fair play to him. Look, himself from Brindia got in it's at like two o'clock in the morning, um, flight from Croatia. Martinez was named in the starting 11. I think we all felt, look, and and it's nothing against Jed Steer. It's just we have one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the moment in our, in our football club. So yeah. you're going to feel a bit safer when you have him starting. And uh, and I think it really was the cherry on top for that back three because that mm. back three played absolutely brilliantly, I think.
0: Yeah. Look, the, the guy's a the machine. I've, I've no doubt in my mind he, he flew back in at half, two in the morning and probably got 12 hours sleep before he went to Villa Park because he's that kind of guy. Um, but on the other hand, Emi Buendia... We knew that he wasn't going to be part of it not without without being a part of any of the training sessions. A goalkeeper can come in and play exactly the same. He doesn't need to exert the same energy either as as a an attacking midfielder. So um I think I think that picked itself. He's obviously better than Jed Steer, with all due respect to Jed Steer. He's it's probably our weakest backup position from from what we have now across the board to bring somebody in. And even at that, it's not a bad option to have on the bench. But, you know, he's you no know, Asmir Begovic as we saw at the weekend come on and <clears> at <throat> short notice when, when Pickford got injured and played very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, still has a lot in the tank there, I'd imagine. So fair play to him. I thought he had a decent game. Not much he could have done about any of the goals, I don't think. Yeah, two of them were rocketed at him and flew past him. But, uh, yeah, another clean sheet for Emmy Martinez. Absolutely top notch. Absolute diamond we have there.
1: Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the back three as well. And in the Villa View last night, I kind of alluded to it that this back three is actually and we're going to take a look at something here in a moment is with regards to how we're defending teams that are are coming at us, specifically coming at us in that same position that uh that Ishmael Asar came at us and and, and I don't have the I Basically what I did was I updated my uh my computer recently and I forgot to save just before I did it and I lost the slides that I had for the Watford game. And it was only when I went back to look for them I was going it would have been a nice comparison to see how we defended how Ishmael Asar attacked us down the down the left uh down um, our left hand side and how um how Everton did it because uh, the way we set up is completely different now that we've got three at the back and it's way better and 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 we'll take a look at that as well. But this back three are um, this back three are exciting. I think we should get excited about it. I think when Zabe came in, it was kind of after the Lord Mayor's show after we had signed Ings Bailey and of course Jack had left and he was almost like. Uh, you know, he was, he he, he was like, uh, if if it was a newspaper, he would have been four pages in from the back when they announced his the signing. Like there was so much going on. Messi was after signing for uh, for Paris Saint Germain. Uh, Ronaldo was talking about leaving. The next thing, twinsaby rocks up at Aston Villa. But you know, looking at the way that he's been plunked into the middle of that defense, he's been a real marshal in the middle of that defense. I think it's been it's been, you know, he's been he's been trusted to do an awful lot with regards to, to maneuvering people around in front of him. And, uh, I like that. And to be honest with you, I don't think he leaves Aston Villa. I don't think he leaves Villa Park. Um, at the end of this season, I, I think we go in and I think if we've to spend 15, 20 million on him and join the, during the, the, the January break, and look, I know I got bitten in the arse by, by Ross Barkley last year as well when we had him, and I was saying we would do this, but but this is a much more pivotal role, I think, really, from the point of view of structure and the fact that we've completely changed our formation just for this guy, and uh, and, and I think it's really interesting. A lot of people say we changed it to Fiddings and Watkins in up top. I'm not so sure. I think we changed it to get this guy in there and to make sure that we've got a more solid defense in the tree at the back because... I. I think that they really wanted a defensive midfielder, but when they didn't get it, that this is uh, this is them being adaptable to the players that we have. Yeah, um, but and Zabe for me is, pff, I I I've, I th- I think he's been excellent the last two games that we've played, absolutely excellent. And it's rubbed off. And look, Ming said his mistake two weeks ago. There was no need for him to have any any excuse on Twitter today be- or yesterday because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he played he played brilliantly. He was all over the place, and he um all over the place in a good way. And 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 it's nice to have him released from being the central defensive caller, if you want to call it that way, because we utilize him to start attacks with his long balls an awful lot. And it gives him that impetus to be able to do that and to, and to concentrate on that, knowing that the two boys will always be back there as well. So I love yeah. this back three, man. I really love it.
0: And I think, I think what you're saying is right, but I'm hoping it only costs us and 20 million, but I can envisage he's going to cost us a whole lot more to zabi because I, I think we'd have him bought, the likes of Raphael Varane in there as well for Manu. He's only going to be a bit part player, so he will want to be part of this going forward. But it'll it be an interesting transfer window to see if if we could put something together for him in January, because I'd imagine by that stage he'll be well forgotten about by Manu.
1: Mm, absolutely. We move into midfield, see how the midfield went. Um obviously there was a bit of a bit of upheaval, I suppose. And what was it, the 39th minute, I think McGinn went off. Um Somebody asked there a while ago, did we get any confirmation? Do you know? So it was Hungry Hippo. Do we know what happened to McGinn? The commentary during the game said we used a concussion sub to replace him. If that's true, isn't it worrying that he continued to play after he was hurt? Now,
0: here we go. Now, well, we let, did let, use a concussion sub. We did use a concussion sub. But that doesn't mean he was concussed. The only time I ever had concussion, it didn't kick in into about a half an hour later after the incident. Mm. So, That's absolutely fine. You can be completely responsive and answer all the right questions when when the physio comes on. 20 minutes, half an hour later, I started to feel dizzy, nauseous. Uh, My feet wouldn't do what they were supposed to do. And luckily, the the guy on the sideline noticed that that was the situation and I was taken off. But that's the only time I ever had it. So I could completely understand and it completely resonated me when I saw McGinn coming off at a later stage. So there's there's nobody to to, to give out to here. This, that's perfectly normal. And I've seen it happen a lot, especially in rugby. You see someone come back on after a, a HIA and 10 minutes later, they're taken off. Yeah, Very little is made of it, but it is because there's a just delayed concussion and it, it is likely to happen. And plus he did get another knock on the head a bit later on as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and you know, it's interesting what you said there because judging by mouth reading or by reading his lips when he went over to the ref and he kind of or to the yeah i think he went to the ref first and then he went to the um to the medical staff and i think that's what he said he goes i think i'm going to puke or i'm going to throw up or something like that it seemed like that's what he noted it was something along those lines i remember thinking at the time now you know the the, the rules state that, like, if you think the player is concussed, or if there's any, any question, the player maybe be concussed you can take them off. But it was definitely was a concussion sub anyway, because uh, Everton got a fourth substitution, and we made four subs, so that, that means totally it, had to, have, it yeah. had to have been a concussion sub, yeah. otherwise, we're getting the points taken off us, and, and that mm-hmm. ain't the case. But um, look, I suppose all will become clearer over the course of the week. Plus, y- y- even though you're concussed, it doesn't mean that you can't go out the next day. I, I watch an awful lot of American football, and yes, you can say that there's dark arts of some of them, maybe. Um, Um, not giving a not giving two hoots about concussion but i've seen a, a quarterback called mason rudolph nearly get his head ripped off his shoulders specifically his face guard was grabbed and he was rammed into the ground and he was like they pulled his face guard off his helmet and he was out cold like out cold for 10 seconds and he bounced up off his feet and he played the next week again and i'm no doctor I'm yeah. no doctor, but like that, he should have been in hospital for a week after it. Never mind playing playing the next week. So I suppose it's not an exact science. And and look, Jesus, if he's not right, don't play him. I'm not saying that I'm not taking this lightly or anything like that. But I'm saying if he's not right, don't play him. But I, I I'd imagine that they'll be doing a lot of light sensitivity treatment or light sensitivity. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a return to a return to, to play. There is yeah
0: exactly like rugby. So we yeah. probably won't see him again next Saturday. That that's oh, my opinion see- on it. I, nice. I think it'll be. I think I think it's ten days, so it'll be interesting to see what it's, happens. It's ten days, but, exactly. But mm-hmm. it's ten days if it was a confirmed concussion.
1: That's yeah. what I'm saying. So we and, know and we'll, we'll,
0: is, we'll so. know soon enough. And look, yeah. um, hats off to everyone involved. I, I I think this rule is fantastic. Oh, brilliant! And I just I just hope it's it's never violated by somebody who uses it in a, in a dark way, in order to achieve a, an extra substitution, because yeah. that is likely to happen, and it's something they should keep an eye on. And you know, the, the clubs that are out there should respect it because it's important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when he went off and the comeback came on and we pushed Douglas Luis up further forward, mm. I, I i look, not not downplaying the fact that McGinn has been our best player this season, but but Luis played pretty good when he went up there. He was he was a lot more on the ball. He's it's probably more his natural habitat, uh being a Brazilian. Uh, you know, I'm sure he wants yeah. to get his foot in the ball and play around a small bit more. And uh, also, look, once again, and until he plays badly, we're going to continue to say it. And VV, I've got to say VV Lehi or Lahi. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I don't know whether he's from Tipperary or not. Yeah, if you're from Tipperary or from Limerick, you'll pronounce it completely <laughs> different. So you might need me from either of those two counties. and We will oh, be butchering <laughs> it all together. Um, super winning Saturday, JJ Ramsey looks a, looks a real talent. And, well, he's after... He, he, you know, you, you can't bring 38 million euros worth of Emmy Bundy in to replace Ramsey because
0: Ramsey's just playing too bloody well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought, like, let, let's call a spade a spade. He was quiet enough compared to his recent games on, on Saturday, I thought. But he had the, the old flashes of magic. But when he needed to be there and when he needed to work hard, he was working hard. But uh, co- coming into the second half, very little for him to do. And, you know, you, you can't, you're right, you can't take him out. You know the system. The system is working well with a minute. It It would be absolutely crazy to change it, but you know they just might, especially with the with the likes of uh, of Man United and Spurs away on on the horizon. So we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see about that. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't be my first choice to change that now.
1: No, and and I think you're right. I I, I, what you say there is right that like they they won't they won't just how am I going to put this? Like they're going to have to rotate soon. Um, and with those two games coming up. And I think that there will, will be probably tactical shenanigans that will go on there from Villa whereby they may not play a three at the back. But what I'm talking about here is, yes, pinpointing certain games and so on, but I'm thinking about if you were to say Dean Smith's long-term vision for what that midfield looks like, Jacob Ramsey has that small bit more grunt than, a lot, than, than I think anybody would have thought of. And, and and I think that's that's kind of where I'm coming at when I'm talking about him, that you just aren't going to get that grunt from, from many other people, if any other people, to be honest, that, you, that we have in the team at the moment. Because, and we're playing him a small bit further forward and I envisaged actually because of the way that he plays, but he is, a, you know, I mentioned that I don't think Dean Smith got the defensive midfielder that he wanted, but I I think that they didn't want to make a, a, panic, a panic signing either. So, this is the best of both worlds, I think, for, for, for Dean Smith to have uh yeah. to have Jacob Ramsey in there. And um Can you
0: can you throw up ads comment there about the, the blood sub before we move on from where it? is it? Where is it? Um this one? That one. That one, yeah. yeah. Just to clarify what I'm saying, if some if somebody uses it shadily, if you if you think, for example, Chelsea are playing and I'm not saying for one minute Chelsea to do it. Chelsea versus Burnley, completely bossing the game, can't get a goal, use their three subs. All of a sudden, someone goes down concussed, they bring on Kai Havertz to bolster the attack. You know, that, that's how this could be used badly. And that and that's what I was alluding to earlier on. Mm. Like, and the, where where that doesn't add up is albeit Burnley will get another sub, but will that be any use to Burnley? Will they have the bench? Capable of coming on and change the game, probably not. So that's where I hope it doesn't. It doesn't enter the game. Mm.
1: And that's fair enough. You know, that's yeah. that's very fair um, from that point of view. Geez, yeah. I'm just looking at some of Ramsey's numbers. Ramsey Ramsey's numbers were pretty decent. He had two shots. He had 31 passes from 46 touches. He did lose the ball three times during the game, but then again, McGinn lost it three times, and so did Louise as well. Um he attempted four tackles, he had one interception, he had uh the second most dribbles through the whole game of four. So, you know, he's he he, he look he, he gets involved, I think, um, as much as any of the rest of them. I'm for a 19, 20 year old, I'm you know, I am I'm very impressed by him. But do you know what, what what is actually amazing? Who had the most dribbles? Who do you think had the most dribbles of the whole game, Paddy, Of anyone?
0: Um Probably Maddie Cash
1: was it? Oh, so close! He had the same amount as uh, as Ramsey at four. Douglas Louise, Douglas Louise was tasked right. with carrying the ball forward more in the second half, and he had five dribbles, which is really yeah. interesting. Really interesting. No, be-
0: like D- Douglas Louise in that system is like a new signing. Oh yeah, he's not, he's, he's not he, the, the leash has gone off him. He, he's free to roam now and and do a bit of uh, the attacking work as well. So. I'm sure he's loving this system. I think he's the one that'll benefit the most from him and McGinn, because there's an extra line of attack there or defence there, so it, it gives them that safety net to go to go and do their best work going forward if they can.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, towards the, the the boys up top, two lads up top there, and uh, I'm going to ask you, you you tell me what you th- how you thought the two the Watkins and Ings played in this game first
0: before I go on my monologue. Well, well, we'll start with Watkins because that, that's the easy one. Watkins played like he always did. He worked his socks off. He he ran yeah. he ran from pillar to post across that that let's just say the, the ten yards between the the, the two sidelines and, and the other sideline and he was just so so hard working. But the one that went unnoticed for me was Danny Ings. The guy was bloody everywhere. He was absolutely phenomenal. He was a joy to watch. Anytime we, we ventured into their half he was there looking for the ball, and that's like that's something that we haven't had. Like I know, I know it's it's effectively a two up top, but he's dropping in a bit deeper beside Jacob Ramsey to pick up the ball. He's creating more space for others to overlap, like Matt Cash and whatever. He'd a great he had a great part in the goal as well, hadn't he? Didn't he play the ball initially to Douglas Luiz, I think for Maddie Maddie Cash. Maddie? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he did. yeah. Um. But for me, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. I thought he was absolutely brilliant.
1: You've robbed my thunder because that's exactly what I was going to say. Danny Ings was brilliant. Danny Ings did not play up front. You look at his average position, Danny Ings didn't play up front. He played a lot more withdrawn uh, in that game. And look, he started up front. His starting position. Obviously, was up front for the majority of our kickouts and stuff like that. And when we were attacking, he was busting the gut to get up front. But he was taking yeah. the ball a lot in the middle of midfield. He was taking but the ball he- a lot out in the right.
0: What it reminded me of was a young Robbie Keane. When, yes. when, the, when, when the game wouldn't work for Robbie Keane, he would drop back as deep as he possibly could, win the ball back and then drive forward and hope to be getting on the end of it. And that's exactly what Ings was doing. It just like I know I use Robbie Keane a lot because I used to love going to watch Villa versus Spurs or any Ireland game because nobody appreciates the work that the likes of Ings and, and Robbie Keane do off the ball, unless you're actually at the game. So I have I haven't seen Ings play since we played Burnley what seven or eight years, six or seven years ago before we got relegated, and mm. um, when you that, that's the last time. And he I, I, doesn't stand out for me from from those from the times I've seen him play. But I will be watching. There's so many players when I get over there to actually watch them that I'm so looking forward to seeing Jacob Ramsey being one. Emmy Martin has been another. Um, you know, Leon Bailey, obviously, uh, Watkins, the work he does because you just don't see it on the TV because the camera lens is never wide enough. They, they show you what you need to see. And that's fair enough because you need to see that. But, mm. you know, from a coaching point of view, to look at what these guys do off the ball is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm looking forward to seeing that in the flesh. And it's only a few weeks away. and I just hope everyone's fit because I really want to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's actually a great show. And, and uh, Robbie Keane, like, it's realistically a guy who isn't like he's not slow but doesn't rely on his pace knows how to play the game of football and isn't isn't afraid to roll up his sleeves and can bag a goal at the other end very very good yeah. good comparison actually when you said it like the ball that he played for for bailey's like the assist that he played look i know he had an absolute acreage to aim for and it was a case of just getting it out there but it was the fact that he was cute enough to know that hey, we've got a little guy over there that's fucking faster than the, than the new train that's going to go from London to Birmingham to cut through half a body Heath, heat, you know. So we're going to um, – well, I'm just going to get the ball over there and I'm going to let him do the rest of it. And my God, did Bailey finish that well. He absolutely – he belted it. He, you know, he took it Asmir Begovic's soul with him when he uh, when he hit it. It was so hard. And uh, as I say, the rest is history. But Danny Ings, I thought, was really good, really unsung hero, I think, from yesterday. bought himself and Louise. Be honest with you, I I would give Doug, Douglas Louise nearly man a match. I I know Bailey's twenty one minutes were just absolutely exceptional, but for me, yeah. it would have been between Ings and and, and Douglas Louise for man a match because I thought both of them were just they both just stepped up to the plate when we needed people. I think yesterday.
0: Well, I, I I think I think Bailey got man of the match because it was an easy option because it was very hard to pick from one of the others. That's that's exactly how I felt about it. You could have get you could have given it to Maddie Cash. You could have given it to Douglas Louise. You could have given it to uh Watkins Ing's you know they were all phenomenal workers and working hard so it was uh it was you know it was, it was it was an easy thing to do just to give it to to uh Leon Bailey in the end and he probably did deserve it
1: absolutely Absolutely. Uh, look, it was a really, really enjoyable game to watch. I, I, I for sure hope that we see many more games like that again this year because, uh, you know, this not only with the tweak in formation, but the fact that we've got people who can come off the bench and real game changers coming off the bench um, is, is something that we can uh, we can really, really strive for. Let's go to the comments before I uh, I want to pull up a small bit of a a kind of a tactical review this is a tactics talk piece and I want to show you a couple of still shots from the game with a couple of ta- with, with with my thoughts on what tactics were being used here and some positive points um with somebody uh, that I think is going to be close to every Villa fan's heart involved in this as well uh but let's have a little look at some of the comments there um don't want to neglect those either uh let's go back here a small bit we have um Dean actually, Dean was talking about Bailey. Dean said it reminds me a bit of my favorite ever, Dwight York, but with more pace. Well, look yeah. if he has uh, half the record that Dwight York had in, in in English football, won't we be the smiley people at the end of it? Because you know, Dwight York is is definitely somebody that and to be honest with you, you know, came from the same from from the Caribbean as well. Maybe maybe Dwight York was somebody that Leon Bailey looked up to, maybe that was. Maybe it could have been a reason why he came to Aston Villa. Who knows? Maybe it's a good question that somebody needs to ask him. Um, <laughs> because I'm sure Aston Villa wouldn't have been on the tip of a lot of a lot of players' tongues in the Caribbean until uh, somebody like Dwight York did make the break from, oh, I'm going to get the name of the club. Can anybody out there Google this and t- tell me if I'm right? Is it Spring Hill that he came from? The club he came from in Trinidad? Keepers. There's one for somebody. Put it in the comments there. If I'm right, I think it's Spring Hill El Academy or something like that. And um, I could be wildly off, but that's just what's coming to my <laughs> mind. Um, hungry hippo says, "Thank you, Benitez. Match is tied for 60 minutes. Then he takes after a lone striker and we dominate the remainder of the game." I think I, I I think Rondon doesn't have 90 minutes in him anymore. a Good striker, albeit like he had night he 11 goals and seven assists in his last last time he played in the in the um in the Premier League. I thought he played well. He created a couple of chances good. as well. I thought he did okay. That's the yeah. best I've seen him play, anyway. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I thought I thought he was pretty decent, but just didn't have ninety minutes. And it was amazing that Benitez, it, they said before, and that Benitez has actually signed him three times: signed him for Newcastle, signed him uh, out in China, and now he's signed him again. So obviously, sees something in him um, for for uh, what his system dictates. Tom, good to see you, man. Uh, with Thomas in the hold, he's glad Bailey's goal went in, is uh, <laughs> as it would have knocked a few out if there was no net there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the lower hold, there would be scorch marks through the lower hold if there was no net there. Um, so that was good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ronan is back again. Ronan is back. What a game! Yeah, the lucky charm is is on the stream again tonight. Ronan was over there from Kevin. He's landed back again, but uh, we need to get him back over there again ASAP because he's never seen Villa lose, uh, which is always good. He needs to
0: go to the Wolves game with me. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's there's a couple of there's a couple of questions here about the Chelsea game. I'm going to just skip over those. I will come back to them though at the end when we're chatting about them Um, again. uh, oh <laughs> there's a person like Ireland or Kenny three center blacks allows anyone to step into midfield and create an overload in midfield yeah you you'd just be hoping that the results are different with with our three center halves <laughs> than uh in the Irish three center halves though although I will say Obama Daly um it does look a player for Norwich really really looks a player and uh yeah if uh if we were looking for somebody to come in at some stage yeah. uh, i wouldn't say no to him and really, one really i was
0: lucky to see in the flesh he's a phenomenal player yeah he's, he's a st- he's, know, he's, and he's a footballer he's a lovely touch
1: he's um he's also he's also a specimen you know you look at him he's he's oh, beast, he's yeah. rangy looking you know um yeah. he, there's there's touches of kind of and about him you know and the kind of physical build of him he's built like a boxer yeah. like he's, he's he's pretty good um John Steele says Douglas Luis played well, uh, played really well in the more advanced role when McGinn went off. We're no longer in trouble when one player is missing, apart from Martinez. Couldn't agree anymore. The the depth in this team is really there, and it's 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 there to see. And hopefully we continue to build on that depth. And you know, if we can bring in guys from our academy and make them stick, uh, you know, as I say, like the Jacob Ramsey, well then that saves us millions and millions and millions in the long run. And look, I know we paid thirty-eight million for Buendia, but if Jacob Ramsey turns out better than Buendia, we will forget all about that 38 million, <laughs> you know, because uh, we'll always look after one of our own. Um, I might be wrong, says Campbell was brilliant. You aren't wrong. I think he played very wrong. well. Right. No. no, he
0: did very well. Yeah, absolutely. I think he said it
1: very well. Um, yeah. Dara says something that struck me about Villa this weekend. hugely threatening when teams have to come out and go for it. When Villa lead with time ticking, I think we'll see more goals for the Villains um Up the villa, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. We are even this three five two. Well, it's not set up to counter attack. I think we're just as dangerous on the counter attack, and I think that's that's a, a very good observation. And it's it's exciting because we we will still have two players up front in this three five two. So uh you know we can go both ways. Either go go wide through through target and cash, or or go route one and hope that our midfield steam onto it. Maybe one of our centre halves does push up into midfield as uh, as one of the one of the guys said there earlier on as well um ad says ramsey had another great game he's dripping with confidence if only he scored his chance villa park would have exploded yeah. absolutely as i say, we love one of our own for sure and uh, there's an open spot there for uh for uh, a hometown darling that's just waiting to be taken uh and and i hope he hope he takes it as well um oh this is an interesting one from dean love tree at the back uh, Hugo, Southgate, God, or Stan all used to bring the ball out from the back into midfield and made things happen. Tyrone, Axel, and Ezri can all do that. Good times. We do have, we do have previously playing. John Gregory was a big fan of three at the back or five at the back, whichever way you want to play it. And defending right on John Gregory was the master of defending right on the 18 yard box. And he, he didn't care, uh, what, what the other team brought because we were play, but then again, we played in the Premier League whereby nobody shot from. 25 yards out it was almost a sin to do it um but absolutely and uh, um, if we can get back to how dominant we were back then or how much we were pushing up the table back then then i'm all for that absolutely um uh, hungry but says, speaking of american football i wonder what connection neil has to cleveland only oh, no, comes to mind because i'm from ohio the only connection i have to cleveland ohio and the cleveland browns is the fact that randy Lerner was over aston villa um so that's it. Um I've been drunk in Cleveland a couple of times. That's the only other connection that I have uh with it uh, it's a it's a really cool town actually. It reminds me a lot of Limerick and I don't know some of you're going to take that as a, as a negative for Cleveland <laughs> for the Cleveland <laughs> tourism board but I bloody loved it. The people there are absolutely sound as trouts, They're sound out and uh, I loved every second of it when I was over there. I was supposed to be actually going the start of September for for the the home opener actually last weekend just gone um i was supposed to be going over for the texans game but um alas didn't happen so probably won't get over there this year um let's see what else that we have here that's just tons of comments keep you i won't be able to read all of them apologies about that but this (laughs) is like you guys are having a great old great old chat in the comments there it's great to see and uh everybody is so positive here rod thank you so much and um, you're welcome for for the work you know all we do is chat you know we we absolutely love it thank you so much and uh you say it's very much appreciated that's very much appreciated as well too thank you so much my friend that is uh it's, it's great stuff and um, we've someone here from limerick he immediately goes to the top of the queue if you mention you're from limerick whether you are or whether you aren't <laughs> your comment will be read out and um, i'm like ron burgundy i will read whatever's on the teleprompter as long as you say you're from limerick uh, that's the way it goes
0: I think I figured out where I think I figured out where true Magpie is from. So see yeah,
1: I can see that there. Now this is this oh. is a very niche comment. I don't think it, I don't think the, I don't think our friend in Ohio is going may, may not get this, this unless he's unless he's, a, unless he's a Irish extract. But Bailey was like, "Yeah, but Taft for Claire
0: in the, of the final of '95 came out as oh. a sub,
1: did a job." I think with we can stuff. figure out now that
0: the Magpie is the Claire Castle reference, so that's where that lad is from.
1: Maybe so. Maybe so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it did. It, you know, in all my years doing an Aston Villa podcast, if I was to do it for another fifty years, did everything game and Taff would come up on an Aston Villa
0: podcast? <laughs> no, absolutely
1: not. What do you absolutely say about not. what do
0: you say about Claire Horlin, uh, Neil? You go blind?
1: Oh, yeah, you go blind from watching that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, watch this. Keen Lynch is DC's religion teacher there you go you couldn't be taught by a better man that's for sure
0: <laughs> i'm just laughing <laughs> Keen lynch could possibly be a teacher <laughs> there you
1: go Keen lynch is a teacher yeah uh, absolutely is a teacher. anyway we're going right down the rabbit hole i'm going to bring it back here to aston villa because i could stay talking <laughs> about uh about liver curling all day long and about cleveland brown's football but uh let's bring it back to aston villa for a moment uh i have a small piece here that i want to share with you guys um Obviously, a lot has been made of of the win and the tactics and the new 3-5-2 tactic that we're playing, but also that's been made of um, a certain man by the name of Austin McPhee and how we're setting up differently for certain things and how we've made certain things happen within the set piece um, areas. And, and uh, I watched back this game three times when I was telling Paddy beforehand, I, I watched the second half because I was wrecked on Saturday night. And, uh, and then I watched the first half, I watched it through, and I watched it again today, and I just wanted to pick out one or two events, and specifically within the first half, because, look, we all know that everything went out the window in the second half, once we scored, they changed their formation slightly. Then we scored a second time, and then the third, third time was just gravy on, the, on top. And I'm not even going to break down the, the, the tactic or, or the setup, how we set up for Bailey's corner uh, that went in off the head of Dino. But I want to look at maybe more, uh, a small, small bit more, how will I put it, I'm not going to call them innocuous incidents during the game, but in the first half when things were on the ropes and we were still trying to feed each other out, I think these are probably a better uh, staple of what we're looking at. But let's take a look first at the game stats, and I hope to Christ I haven't made uh, a typo in any of these because Jesus, people, people get people from the other clubs get fair touchy if you make a typo in these at all. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was going. I thought like I had to check underneath the car that there wasn't uh, wasn't a bomb underneath my car after the fucking Watford game. I thought they were going to take me out of it. I had some amount of DMs calling me every name under the sun, but it was all in good jest and fun, I presume um anyway we had better possession 56 44 for for uh everton 15 shots to 11 and that's interesting the fact that we're actually now getting to take shots and we're getting uh we're getting making chances should i say um maybe not the best quality of chances but still chances nonetheless under this new uh formation three shots on target 12 sh- 12 chances created in total um 384 passes to so their 310 we had an eighty percent past success rate today, seventy four percent. Once again, our past success rate has actually gone up these last two weeks, based on the weeks pre uh, and and some of the weeks previously. Apart from Watford, ironically enough, where we actually had a higher past, uh, past success rate, but we we more so passed it around ourselves. Um, our XG was up at zero point eight one. From memory, I think that's that may be the highest that we've had so far this year um at 0.81 to their 0.667 still not anything really to write home about um xg from open play is still is still low where xg from set pieces is still uh, higher than the majority of teams Uh we won 56 out of our 107 jewels, which is which is good uh you know that means that we're if you're if you're winning literally if you're winning 50% to the 50-50s you should be coming out uh with, with more of the ball and more of the possession yeah,
0: who won, so who won the other five what five because it says Everton only won
1: 51. Well, no, so Ever- Ever- Everton had 107 jewels as well. Only but they only won 51 <laughs> of, the 100 and, of the 107. I suppose some of them would be called a draw. Um, I actually remarked in that as well. I went, oh, we bought it the same amount of jewels. And that's I presume that's with somebody tackling somebody else or somebody going up in the air with somebody else or something like that. Um, so it's, it's yeah. the ball
0: played by yourself to somebody else that becomes yeah. a jewel. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. wait a minute. Wait a
1: minute, 56 and 51 is 107. So it is. (laughs) My match check out here. My (laughs) match check out on this one. (laughs) Moving swiftly along, uh, we had 50% dribble success rate, 26 dribbles to their 11, and uh, five of their 11 came from Damari Gray. Um so we had, we were, we were much, more, much better at progressing the ball on the ground and, and trying to take the game to them, which is interesting because Abdullah, yeah. Abdullah Ducari has been a real kind of driving force for them. Um, this when you, when season, you consider,
0: uh, when you consider the dribbling talent they had in their team, you know, you yes. mentioned Damari Gray as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's phenomenal stats.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it was really interesting one, and 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 like we we really nullified Ducari and I and I think we'll see this here. And I don't have my opacity p- meter where I can move the two of them here because foolishly I turned this into an XML file. So I uh, and you you'll see there's a there's a actually do you know what I'm going to do here? I can't. Apologies. I said I was going to bring it up here so I could show the opacity of um, where the or can I? I can't. Um. Talk amongst yourselves there. I might be able to. I do. I have it. Let me just share this with you here. Because it'll just be a better representation, I think, of the, uh, just to kind of show you how we kind of uh, stopped uh, Ducari. Because he was, was, like, that was pretty pivotal, I think, in in what we wanted to do um, when we were trying to do so. So so here it is. Uh, This is how we set up, uh, as opposed to how... They set up. Where is it? Yeah. So let's look at it here. So I can see here. This is how we set up here with our our back four. Obviously, Kanza, Toonzebi, Ming's bit of a bit bit of a gap here between Kanza and, and Toonzebi. Um, Cash was a small bit for further forward. Our um uh target over there on this side as well see the way we packed midfield i mentioned as well that danny spent a lot of time back around in this area and we really just created a wall here to stop their deep their deep midfielders from coming forward and we'll see this here when we look at it uh when we look at it here we basically just crowded out six and sixteen so we crowded out their their two central midfielders and didn't give them a sniff of it at all, and that was really really pivotal, I think, to what we wanted to do. We did give a small bit of leeway over here on the left hand side, uh, but that was okay because obviously we had the guys here to track back. We had Kanza, we had, Konza, we had uh, and we had Cash here as well, and they performed pretty well as well. And we went more so. I'm not going to say I have a man to man kind of situation over here, but we kind of did. Where Ming's taking off, Ming's more or less man marking and. um what you call him here? Taking up um, uh, target here, taking up the the right back who is Ben Godfrey here. And as I say, we pressured Ben Godfrey an awful lot in, in, in that game. We put him under so much pressure, which was really interesting. But uh, the way that we set up was really to to block out their their two deep line midfielders where all their stuff comes from stopped them from running forward with the ball and they just didn't and it really really worked uh ings was probably just like haired around here the three guys boys in the middle of midfield again um douglas louise and jacob Ramsey. just basically were playing battering rams and stoppers inside there and uh we were able to get our width as well from our two our two full backs so really really well set up um i don't have the the comparison to how we we set up last week as well. Usually, I have that in here, but I I, I neglected to put it in this time. But definitely, Jacob Ramsey was that small before the forward, and, and 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 our two other midfielders here in Jacob are uh, in Douglas Lewis and John McGinn are definitely further forward. We're, we're definitely further forward. So the game plan was to stand down on these guys here and give them zero room, force Everton wide, and see what they can do from out wide. So um yeah that was a a really interesting piece there that i thought of how we set up in comparison to how they set up so i'm just going to switch back to my other uh piece there it'll just be easier to share then um sorry for all the mess in here uh so here we go and I'll just going past this. So this is where we took our shots from. This is a shot map where we took our shots from. Obviously, the two, you know, they kind of look like car wheels here, but they're actually where the goals were scored from. Bailey's goal from here and um, and Cash's goal from here. Obviously, the one was no one goal. Uh, it went down as a one goal, so it's not marked there. But you can see that a lot of our shots came from kind of tepid enough areas. A lot of them were headers. Like this is Ming's header here at the front post. Um, I think one of these is a Kanza header from the back post, if I'm not mistaken. And then you've got Danny Dannying's banana shot from there as well. So there's it, it's it's a it's an interesting shot map. Also, and Douglas do Louise
0: two shots from outside the box then as well.
1: Yes, and Douglas Louise's, Louise's outrageous shot from free kick <laughs> <Yeah>. from <laughs> right out code. here near the corner yeah. flag, absolutely outrageous. Uh, so that's where our shots came from. Um, I wanted to take a look at how we set up in defence and how our our back five back slash back three looks like. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's really interesting because when we used to de- when we had, play with a back four, we're very compact, very very compact. And I still think that we are still compact with a with a back three or back five. But the way that we kind of set up is is very interesting here once again. So we can see here that. Uh, well, you can't really because it's a bit blurred. But uh, Everton are attacking down that, that's that their right wing or left wing here. And we can see the target and Ramsey have the opportunity here now that we've got three at the back, have the opportunity to go out and press the man with the ball. Once the ball is played down here in towards the winger, um, Mings has the opportunity to go out and attack him. But look where Douglas Louise is. He's taking up that familiar position, protecting the D there, making sure of any runners here. Probably like him to be small, a small bit further back here, but then again, we do have the lurking uh specter of whoever this man is here. Uh, I can't remember who it is, but um, whoever they have there, so he's in a decent position. John McGinn is just caught in here behind the referee, making his way back. Um, but it's it's a nice setup, I think it's a nice setup from where we are here. Uh, we were nowhere near as well set up as this against Watford. We were so scattered, there was a gap between our two center halves, it was almost the size of the What's a big river in the UK? The River Humber. I think that's a massive wide river, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, so it was like, but but here we can see while there is a gap here, Douglas Louise is plugging it uh, for anyone running through. Uh, Kanza is doing a bit of marking inside here on Rondon. And Axel is a small bit free. Cash is taking an eye on, uh, on um, uh, Damari Gray running in here to the back post. You can just see the back of his foot there in the screen grab that I have. But as we move on here, this is the interesting part here. Look at this. Um, these guys have been drilled in, in in to play this to play this, and I know. Look, that this is the uh, last thing you guys want to see is lines drawn across the screen because of VAR. But this isn't bad. This isn't a bad line to be able to take here. So, um, we call. I, I think it's dean as the ball out out here. Mings has gone to him, so Mings is out here. We still have Jacob Ramsey and target who are trotting back. Maybe I don't know how fast or how slow they were. They were uh, getting back here, but Douglas Louise has come in here to plug that gap that I said that he was coming to plug. So when that ball, if that ball is played in and it is played in here in a moment, Douglas Louise gets in there. McGinn is protecting the edge of the D in case the box uh, ball comes back out this way towards um, the on runner here. And we've got our three men inside here, just making sure that if anything goes in there, they can just crowd people out. And it worked. Now, Rondon did get a little toe poke and it hit the side netting and it went out for a corner. It wasn't a corner, but the ref gave a corner. But I'm really liking the setup that we have here. You can see it turns very much into a back four. It gives us lots of people to compress They can, can hog the D hog, uh, and, and plug these little gaps here. So it's, uh, it's definitely a work in progress still, but it's a lot more sturdy. And it gives a lot, like there's a lot better spacing of players here. So that there aren't massive gaps uh, that we do see with a four at the back. I, I really like it, and this is just one instance I picked, and it's actually the only instance I picked because the reason I wanted to pick it was because there's a deadly line here for for um, for our defense, and I know they're very deep to be playing offside, but still everybody can see what's going on here, and obviously Douglas Louise is in the right spot, um, which is uh, which is music to all of our ears. Um, put it this way: if we defended like this when the ball was cut back for Ivan Tony's goal, Ivan Tony wouldn't have scored. I can say that categorically. If we have if we had the players in these positions, yep. Ivan Tony would not have scored. Um let's move on here for defending set pieces. Everybody's favourite topic. How many times last year, Paddy, I would say between hundred and sixteen thousand, how many times would we have said John McGinn was caught at the back post with a big man again?
0: Yeah, by the looks of
1: that, those days are over. Aren't they? Those days are over. He couldn't be any further away from the back post when we're defending a corner here. So what we can see is that Ings is marking the penalty spot. Mings, Conza, and Target. Uh, also, you have Watkins, I think, and um, and Jacob Ramsey are in there as well. Uh, uh, Watkins and Cash, I, I I think, are in there. I'm not actually sure if that's Watkins. It is. It is Ollie Watkins, 11 on his back, and Cash are in there. And I'm sure that Matty Target or, or this, uh, Jacob Ramsey is in there. So basically, what we're doing is we're crowding out in around here. Axel Tuenzabi is now taking the back post, realistically, the runner from the back post. This would have been John McGinn's job. And McGinn is out there for the short free kicks. We're learning. How many times last year, as I say, Vestergaard over the top got the header. Ben Mee got the header last year on John McGinn marking the back post. What we used to do previously was the back post was was no man's land, and it was for Emmy Martinez to get back there and to gather the ball. But the only man that was blocking space back there was John McGinn. Now we have a bit more sturdiness here. We've got Kanza who's who's free here. We've also got Tuanzebe who's marking man to man and um we've got target here who's marking uh, i think that's solomon ron the target is marking at the back there maybe not the best matchup but still it's better than having john mcginn uh marking people from corners exactly. which, which i thought was really interesting yeah.
0: and look that's, that's the beauty of having our our man there giving the thumbs up
1: there he is thumbs that's up for, Austin for. McPhee. Yeah, that's what he's there for to spot these things to sort them out and to get people lined up um, and i think he was pivotal to a lot that we did today um here we go from the Mings header from the set piece. This is the one where John McGinn got injured. Really interesting set piece build up here. We have loads of people here inside the 6 yard box. We have Danny Ings out here on the penalty area once again. We have two men. Like, this is really interesting. This And, and it's almost borderline strange. Look where two men are set up here. Almost yeah. equidistant, to either side of the D. We've got Douglas Louise taking in the corner. I think it is over here.
0: Uh, it's and then, nothing, there's nothing strange about that setup because... It, if you're told as a goalkeeper, if you've got to come and punch, that's the area you're punching to. Yeah. So those, oh, but what I'm saying are, is, it's, it's it's not something yeah. that you would regularly see even in the Premier League. For us, yeah. <laughs> but that the, like that makes complete sense because you do, you don't want your keeper punching straight down the middle to whoever's running onto it. You want to bin out at an angle so those guys have an option to tuck back into the middle or pull out wide and get the ball back into the box.
1: Yeah. It's it's like it. And once again, a lot of the stuff that you'll see from set pieces is just thinking. It's just thinking and not not acting on impulse. But what we see here is Mings obviously is in here. He's behind the goalkeeper. He makes his run from behind the goalkeeper around to get here uh, just in front and then flicks the ball on. But the real interesting piece for this, for me, is when we look at it from behind here, when Mings gets his head on the ball in this instance here, he's left the ground, he gets his head on the ball. Look at all the Villa bodies that are around here. If Begovic just gets a hand to it and just parries it out in front of him, we have so many bodies here. If it hits somebody and drops to the ground, we have so many bodies there to try and bundle it over the line. Before... We would be we would have all these players out here jostling for position, trying to get in around and whatever else. We've got McGinn, we've got Axel to Inzebe, we've Watkins. We have, uh, I think that's Kanza. What it is, yeah, it's Kanza there at the back post that I haven't highlighted. They're all waiting in around there, all big men. That if that ball drops and someone tries to swing a leg at it, well, we've got big legs inside there as well that can try and try and stop them from um, from getting that ball out there. In this instance, Begovic made a brilliant save because Ming's header was nearly too good. Um, so we, it, but it's just the, the the thought process behind it. And I'd be interested to see if we try this again uh, in the future because it's. Um, it was really well thought up of if uh, if that is the case and if this was meant, and, and by all means, I think it was. Um, Last piece here that we have, and once again, thumbs up from Austin McPhee because he got a shot on target from it and we very nearly scored, so I presume he must be absolutely delighted with that. And this is the piece still a resistance, I think. This is really the gravy. My favorite piece. This
0: was, this was nearly as good as Bailey's goal. This
1: yeah. was a
0: joy to watch. I really, really enjoyed this set piece.
1: It was absolutely brilliant. Cash here with the hand up. Watch all the Everton boys here on the line. Two men. I don't know why they they've a two men wall here. Like like who's going to shoot from there? Like I know why I know why they are there, but it, it to me it's always baffling. Um, and it's uh but yeah, it's it's there so that the keeper can come out a small bit and, and and narrow the angle for for a potential ball in here behind them. But uh, it, it's, it's it looks silly. Um, but what we have here is Cash and Conzo over the ball. Off screen here, we've got Matty Target. We can't just we just can't see him. But we've got a villa set up here on the edge of the box, which looks like for all intents and purposes, we're going to try and play that ball into that corridor, you know, past them there, past the 18 yard line, and somebody's going to try and attack it and get onto it. But no, Villa have other ideas. The ball goes square to Matty Target. Goes square. What's that? 30 yards over to Matty Target, and we can see the, the Everton players here have to break. Their line is not a line anymore. We can see it here. It's ragged, it's yeah. jug, it's jagged. It's they don't know what they're doing. There's man here at Wobi has broken from the line to get out at target. They're beginning to panic. But look who's done the snake here in the back at the back post here. Kanza's on his way. He was standing beside Matt Cash when Matt Cash played the ball. And Kanza's on the march here behind us. I think that's I'm not quite sure who that is that that that's the that, that that's there. I think that might be Alain that Alan, is yeah. uh, is trying to trying to uh, track him. But Alan hasn't no a clue what's happening here, and their defense is in disarray at this stage. Ball gets played into the back post here to Kanza. Kanza nods the ball down. Look at that Everton line. It's not it's non-existent. Everton are chasing, that they, they've they no idea what's going on here. You've got Watkins, Ings, and Mings in here. Ball comes back to Mings. And the rest is, like, as I say, Mings nods the ball down here. And if Danny Ings had a left foot there, I think he would have buried it. But he went with a, a right-footed shot, and it was a deadly banana shot up over the bar. If that had gone in, it would have been goal of the century. But um, <laughs> it didn't. But I think the set piece was was what was brilliant. And it really bamboozled Everton. And that's what you want to do. You want to get moved yeah. their line out. Um, stop the offside in an instance like that. You're taking a free kick from... An intermediate position is what you want to call it. It's too far out for a shot. It's kind of too far out for a cross. You shift the point of attack from that from that free kick, yeah. and you get them moving out. What you're doing is their line is all off. You know the the likelihood of of offside in this instance is is nil because of where Kansas running from. You've got all the space to play that ball back in here because everyone. Sorry, I'm pointing at this at the screen with my hand. You've all the space to, to play the ball uh, back into this space here, back to where Cash and Kanza were, because everybody has filed over the other side of the field, waiting for a right foot to cross. It was really well worked, and it's these small right. idiosyncrasies, these little top points that Aston that McPhee has that are really interesting. And like, like it's it's a breath of fresh air to watch. And once again, I'm sure that Aston, Fee, Aston McPhee would have given a big heads up for that because we got another good chance from it as well.
0: And, and what we're seeing is he's not just there to, to instigate the long throw. He's got everything in his armory. You know, that that's he, people shaking their heads at him coming in. That's why he's there. He's going, he's going to pull one of these out in every game. There's going to be something different thrown at an opposition in every game. And one, one in four or five coming off, is is worth every penny that the man is is uh, is earning in that position because you know he's doing he's doing a great job so far and long may it continue because if, I tell you if that if that goal had gone in we would be talking about it for years mm. it was absolutely sublime everything about it the pass to target the brilliant ball into Konza the head down by Mings right onto his foot pity it was with the outside of his foot and he didn't get the the full uh, Full control of the ball, as we'll say. But boy, God, if, if that if that banana kick had ended up in the top corner, Danny Mings would be or, or Danny Ings would be sitting up there getting uh, goal of the season, and he probably would have been goal of the season and and runner up goal of the season from yeah. the from the boys' kick in the last game. Um. So anyway, well done. And he played the ball. Let, let Let's not
1: forget as well. That look, I'm not going to say that Aston McPhee said, "Yeah, put it on the outside of Danny Ings' boot there," and he carted it into the top corner. But he's ball to Bailey afterwards was a bit of an outside the boot flick, you know, out into space Mm -hmm. as well. So, uh, just goes to show the, 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 the nose of uh Danny Ings I think is the word I'm looking for there of how he can play the game and and what he's bringing to this team and uh you know he's two goals in five games yeah people might say goals have dried up for him but he won't care if he if he only gets to 10 goals this season we won't care as long as we keep winning and scoring three goals a game spread them out amongst the team it makes you way 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 more dangerous and the only way and the way you will spread them out amongst the team is via set pieces exactly Paddy, anything else you want to go through before we wrap it up? Jesus, we're over an hour. <laughs> I get murdered. <laughs> A 20-minute podcast, I said, before I walked yeah. up the stairs. And then an hour you, later, I'm here and I'm you, talking you, with you Amy You nearly Tapp. made
0: Owen Bradley said he nearly peed there when you said, stay.
1: <laughs> 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 I suppose, Paddy, yeah. we we talk about talk about Chelsea for for five minutes before we go. Mm-hmm. What, what
0: do you think the team yeah, well, will be well, for Chelsea before we let, let Let's not skip on till we talk about the other two goals, because there were two, uh, you know, oh, Maddie yeah. Cash's goal, you know, his fourth goal at Villa Park. Um, I loved uh, uh, Mark Regan's commentary. Look at his face. <laughs> He had a guy, a look of a guy who just won the lottery. He was absolutely brilliant, and he ran nearly the full length of the pitch to celebrate in front of his fans or his family. So uh, you know, fair play to him. He's he's been phenomenal since he came to us, and yeah. you know, uh, a cracking, cracking crackin player. And uh, and Bailey's corner was absolutely sublime. Not since Steve Staunton have we seen anything like that. Not mm. to, you know, I like to bring Steve Staunton into the, com- the conversation.
1: But, what was uh, the game, Paddy? What was the game in the year? I can't remember. I tried to. I tried to. I well, did it
0: twice.
1: Uh, he did it against Wimbledon at Wimbledon in '95. I thought was one.
0: I think uh, Wimbledon '94, '95, and he did it against Crystal Palace at Villa Park. I'm really sure. And he did it against Northern Ireland at Lansdowne Road. He did it Northern Ireland against Lansdowne Road as yeah. well, yeah. And Dion Bailey did it. No, yeah. in front of the whole tent. Well we'll never will never know whether uh whether Begovich would have been caught under the ball or not, but I think it was just enough of a touch to to put him off and put it over his head. But it's fantastic in swinging corner. Mm. And it just goes to show that he, he has a lot in his in his locker and a marvelous addition to have. Mm.
1: And I must say that like Douglas Louise was taking corners as well. His corners weren't half bad either. You know, the ones he took, the one he put mm-hmm. in Mings's Ming's head was was quite good too. So, you know, they were definitely weren't half bad. Um yeah, for sure. Um, the, what's the thought process? The, the thoughts on Chelsea? I I don't know if we're going to get a team sheet tension before Chelsea tomorrow. We might. We'll endeavour. Maybe a well, ten minute uh, one
0: Wednesday, or whatever.
1: Wednesday. Wednesday, sorry. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday yeah.
0: Um, my thought process is more the same. Uh, I think we will see different people in that system, but I do envisage we'll see Courtney House play there because we won't have two and Zabi on Saturday. So Courtney House will come in. Mings will play in the middle. Courtney House on the left of the three. Um, don't know do what happened. To you, do with you think two and Zabi doesn't play because he won't be there on Saturday? I
1: think he's more likely to play uh, against Chelsea.
0: Uh, no, I'd say he doesn't play. I, I'd say it'll be, well, maybe. Maybe he'll, drop, maybe he'll give Mings a rest and he, he'll play Tew and Zabi in that central role. Possibly. Mm i um, not sure if, if Morgan Sanson was carrying an injury. No, I don't think anyone asked the question um, where I watched you, the match. I was at a communion and I wasn't in a position to listen to the wasn't, wasn't Ashley
1: Preet said that he was doing some running work afterwards. He just didn't make the badge.
0: That's madness. But anyway, but look, it, it, he's a guy who needs a good game under his belt, and Wednesday's the time for that. Um, I'd like to see Cameron Archer get a run. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Ollie Watkins or Danny Ings get a rest, and uh, yeah, you know uh, throw Courtney House in there because you know as as we said already, he's gonna ha- if we're gonna play that system, he's gonna have to play Saturday because two and Zavi is uh, I was gonna say cup tied, but he he can't play against his parent club, so there will need to be that change. So why not do it Wednesday night and see see how we get on with it? As I said, make the changes in midfield, maybe starting a camera drop. Drop Dougie over there, um, and McGinn is obviously not going to play, so we might see Morgan Sanson in there with, uh, yeah, with it. Uh, maybe even give Aaron Ramsey a break and put Wendy in there. We'll see. I think
1: I think that uh, if I was to name my team now, I would say Martinez is starting goals. Uh, I thought I just I just think they'll start in there uh, because they will have a different back three. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Lamar Bogard uh in there in in, in a back three i wouldn't be surprised if they if they give um if they played something like uh ugh, my mind's gone blank now a courtney house Axel Tuenzebe and Lamar Bogart uh, in a back three, and then had. Uh, but then again, you know, I think Cash will probably play. I don't want him to play, so I don't know who we bring in there unless we play Hayden Lindley. He brought on Hayden Lindley as a right back the last day. Um, mm-hmm. and in in the in the Carabao Cup, I think Ashley Young starts on the left. I think we see. I think we see lots of changes. Essentially, is what I'm saying yeah. here. I think we'll have a midfield of Nakamba. Um, I think we'll see Nakamba, Sanson and Bundia in midfield. Um, I think we potentially see Aaron Ramsey come off the bench, Je- Jacob's younger brother. Um, I think we see El Ghazi uh, potentially up front with Cameron Archer um, or in a yeah. more more advanced position with Cameron Archer. Or I think we might even go back. Like most likely everything is probably saying that we go back to a four two three one, one and we have El Ghazi, Buendia and uh, Treore behind maybe a Caleb Chekmoeca or, a, or an Aaron Ramsey. Um, yeah. Up there, like like, or, or sorry, not Aaron Ramsey, uh, Cameron Archer, uh up there as well. So it's going to be an interesting team sheet on Wednesday. Look, it's a, f- Paddy, we said it how many times did we say it last year? And Dean Smith, I felt Dean Smith used to give out to us for saying there's no such thing as a free shot in football, <laughs> but this kind of is a free shot. You know, we have played them a couple of weeks ago. We're going to play them again. Don't think they're going to start our full team. We certainly won't start our full team. Yeah. We'll see
0: what we. I'd be very surprised if they if they have anything resembling the fourth team out. Bearing the mind, the all the Champion League games that they they've got coming up, they effectively don't have a week off now for what is it four or five weeks they're playing midweek, yeah. So, uh yeah, I I I would imagine they wouldn't be too arsed whether they're knocked out of this cup or not. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have a
0: lot. Big, bigger fish to fly to fry. So, uh, yeah, Or...
1: Uh, do Villa go help for letter on Wednesday against Chelsea to stay in the cup and probably say, "Listen, we're going to get fuck all in Old Trafford with Mike Dean reffing with Ronaldo back at week at the weekend and
0: just kind of caught a spade of shovel, really." Um, I I I can't see it. I honestly don't think he will, but. I, I think at this stage it would be madness of us to second guess what Dean Smith is going to do, because mm-hmm. he surprised everybody this season for a man that supposedly doesn't have a plan B. Mm. I reckon he has plan B, C, D, E, and F. So, in Dino, we trust. We'll see what happens. And I'm not, I'm not too fussed. I'd like to, I'd like to see, I'd like to see those guys get a game. I would like to see us put it up to Chelsea, but uh, I'm not too fussed. What what he does, but I I think I think we'll be in with a shout regardless of what team puts out because Chelsea won't have a full team.
1: I think so too. I think so too. And uh, look, I suppose we'll be we'll we'll endeavour to be here for a team sheet tantrum for that game as well. and we'll see what happens. Yeah, Uh, we'll try as well. Yeah, yeah. Just a busy week. Busy week for me anyway. but We'll see what the story is. Um. Chat yeah, lads, we're t- we're tipping on to nearly an hour and ten minutes here. I'll be murdered. Um, <laughs> it's uh it's ten past ten here. But thanks so much everybody for tuning in. We had some some really really great questions, some really really great uh great uh, comments in there as well. And and I love the community we're building up here as well. It's great to chat villa. It's great to have you guys on board uh, as well. And I love love that you're you're chatting to each other in the chat as well, which is good. <laughs> and uh look, you know, really appreciate it because. If there was no one showing up to the showing up to these live live streams, we wouldn't be doing them. Um but uh thanks so much for everything. And uh, as I say, look, three three points in the bag against Everton at the weekend. S- September's looking a bit better than it would have been if we didn't win those three points and staring down the barrel of who we have still to come, we will have we will pull another result out of this out of this month yet. I'm quite sure of it. Who knows? Might be at the weekend. Uh Man United haven't gotten a penalty this season yet. Might Dean, Old Trafford early start. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm not expecting us to give away a penalty, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah. Look, we'll um, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that when it comes. But uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. You can catch Paddy on that Villa Paddy. You can catch me on that Love McGrapod. Thanks a million for all the likes, the shares, the subscriptions, the retweets, everything else. Um, and we're gonna leave you back to your families again. Sorry for t- keeping you for so long. But all that's left to say is up
0: the Villa hope to win sports social podcast network 18 plus.